What's good, everybody? My name is Folgers, and I'm back at you again with another episode of the Coffee Shop Podcast, episode 14, man. We're on episode 14. Yo, I want to shout out everybody who's been listening so far since episode one. I truly appreciate it, man. Y'all the real MVP right now, man. Y'all the real MVP. I hope everybody had a nice 4th of July. I ain't gonna lie. I had a really, really nice 4th of July. I went to this one spot named Dreamland in Birmingham. Went to Birmingham. And shout out to Dreamland because Dreamland has some really, really great wings. And I live close to Atlanta. And Atlanta is notoriously known for their wings. Especially... If you're familiar with the Lou Williams situation. Lemon pepper wings. But Dreamlands has some really, really good wings. And their wings are really huge as well. Like, I don't know what kind of chicken or where they get their chicken from. But those are some huge wings. And their ribs is also pretty good as well. Especially with their sauce. I forgot what kind of sauce they had on there. But it was pretty good with the with the ribs. So shout out to Dreamlands. Now, I want to talk about the NBA Finals. Now, since the Suns is up 2-0, the this series is already over. This series was already over since game one. Cause you saw in game one of how Giannis only played, I think, like 35 minutes. And yeah, he put up 30 and 14, if I'm not mistaken. But Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday didn't show up. And the Suns just took over. Like, any time that the Bucks try to even remotely make a comeback, the Suns was just right there to extend the lead. Um, and then in game two, like, Giannis looked way better. I will say that he he did look way better, and he was cooking Aiton on the perimeter. Now I ain't gonna hold you on that one. He was cooking Aiton on the perimeter, but Drew Holiday got to play better. Um, you can't give me seventeen points in almost forty-five minutes. No, I think he played forty-two minutes. You can't give. Me, and Chris Middleton. Is a streaky, streaky score. Like, he'll come out. I think he'll come out in game three and lead the Bucks to a victory. But I think this series, this series is beyond over. I think the the Suns are getting completely outcoached. Not Suns. The Bucks are getting completely outcoached. By the Suns. Like, Monty Williams has really put his imprint on that team. Devin Booker has shown that he's a star. Actually, he's a superstar. And this ring was solidified that he's a superstar. Um, Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul's legacy would be sealed right then and there. He got his ring. He's good now. Now, if he gets two, that's amazing. But he'll have his ring. That'd be dope. Um, Cameron Payne is the more interesting story. Because when he played for the Bulls, like, 
he was considered a bust. And then he went to China. I think he went to China. Or he was close to going to China. And then he realized with the sons that this is his last chance to to actually do something in the league and establish himself. And he stepped up big time, especially during the Western Conference Finals as well against the, against the Nuggets. He definitely stepped it up big time. And I credit that to Monty Williams. I really do. I, cre- I credit that to Monty Williams. I like this clip that I saw during game two where he was coaching up Aiton because Aiton was down on himself. And Monty was like, hey, you feeling down because you got high expectations of yourself. Go ahead and, and get that expectation. Go ahead and get it. Make an impact. And Aiton showed out ever since that that little coaching in the fourth quarter. Because his energy and effort definitely went up during that last stretch in game two. Now, with game three coming up, I think this is a game that Chris Middleton really finds his groove. The Bucks are more efficient and a much better team when Drew Holiday is aggressive. Like, if you've seen game two and seen the way it started out, like, Drew Holiday came out aggressive. Like, he was attacking the basket. He was creating his own shot. But then, just like the just like the Bucks, what they do most of the season, the offense just stalls. There's no... There's no ball movement. There's a lot of ISO play going on. And you're settling for either Giannis running the halfback dive to the basket. Or you're settling for a tough fadeaway shot. A necessary shot. And there's still like 15 seconds left on the shot clock. Um, I think when they're when Drew and Chris are more aggressive going to the basket and getting their own shots, that makes the Bucks a more dangerous team. Now, defensive wise, I don't know why the Bucks are really struggling on defense. I mean, I'll take that back. Brooke Lopez is getting cooked on the perimeter. And as much as I, I am a Bobby Portis fan, I enjoy watching him play, especially when he's on the floor. But he's getting cooked on defense, too. So anytime that Milwaukee switches on defense, you get the matchup of either Devin Booker against Brook Lopez or Devin Booker against Bobby Portis. And then they just run ISO on them all day, take them to the basket, and either getting fouled or getting an and one or, or some sort of points resulting at the end of play. And then you see the same thing when Chris Paul does it, when he runs his pick and roll. 
Like he'll get the matchup of him against Lopez, go ahead, pull out a little bit, and then he'll find his mid-range stroke right there. Like it never fails. Now, I will give Coach Bud, Mike Budenholzer, a good job of putting Giannis at the five, which is making, which is not making, but opening up the floor for everyone else to create their own shot and for the shooters to get open. But I wish Giannis had a freaking post-up game. Because that would make the Bucks way better. And I think that's what's killing the Bucks. Um, in this series so far is a, a lack of half-court offense. Well, consistent half-court offense. Because think about it. If Giannis fucks around and develops at least a mid-range, a post-up game would be clutch, but at least a mid-range, the Bucks would be in the finals like every year going forward. They really would. I, like, in my opinion, they'd be in the finals going forward every year. Just him with the ball in his hands, everybody has to account for him. And just add in the fact that he, if he can just consistently shoot outside. Now, like, he ain't got to shoot, like, 40% from three. Because I think this year, his MVP, first MVP season, I think he shot, like, 28, 29%, but he was shooting only one three a game. And then his second MVP season, I think he shot close to five threes a game. He was making two or five every game before um, the NBA shut down. And that's when the Bucks are the most dangerous is when he can at least consistently shoot outside. But like I said, he ain't gotta be 40% or some shit. He could just be a threat. Like, look at Rondo. Rondo is not a great three-point shooter, but he can get going. Like, if he makes a couple, he'll make you respect him. At the, at the very least, he'll make you respect him. And that's just like that with any not good three-point shooters. If they're really streaky, just just make a couple to at least make it look like a threat. Make them look like a threat. That's the way I see it. So I think, that, like I said, I think this series is over. Now, I could be wrong. I really, really could be wrong. But for now, I'm, I'm going to say this series is over. Um, Suns in five. Suns in freaking five. Now, I want to talk about the Conor McGregor injury. Because I, I did see the fight last night. And I ain't about to hold you. Even before the injury, Conor McGregor's getting his ass whooped. Like, Con Conor, Conor McGregor was definitely getting his ass whooped. Because I'm, I'm watching the fight, and I seen that, what's his face, Daniel Poirier? 
Yeah, Daniel Poirier had uh, pretty much the fight under control. Dustin Poirier. My apologies, Dustin. My apologies. Dustin Poirier. Well, Poirier pretty much had the fight under control. And then especially once the fight went to the ground, um, Poirier just took off from there. Now, it is unfortunate, it is, like, completely unfortunate that Connor did fuck up his ankle or his leg, whichever two body parts. But I think he was going to lose that fight anyway. I really think that he, he was going to lose that fight. I hope there's not a part four to this. Because I think even with... Because both of them are 32 right now. But one is 32 entering their prime, which is Dustin Poirier. And then Conor McGregor is not who he used to be at 32. Like, Conor can take his name and make him some money in in celebrity boxing. Or he could take some undercard and still make some bread. You know, because, like, his name is going to sell. Just like Floyd. Because Floyd Mayweather, like, he's not going to take no real boxing match anymore. But he'll do those exhibition matches where, okay, I can make 30 mil, 40 mil. Okay, cool. I'll go ahead and put on a little entertainment for a few minutes. Um, Chad, Chad Johnson talked about it on the I Am Athlete YouTube channel where he made a million dollars in eight minutes or something like that. I mean, that's a nice, easy way to secure a bag. Not easy, but simple, simple way to secure a bag. And that's what, in my opinion, what Conor McGregor should do. Like... You was at the top of UFC, UFC for some time. You made hella money. Um, you traveled all over the world. You know, why not just go ahead and take your name, brand yourself, do a little celebrity boxing here and there, fight some undercard here and there, take home about uh, 50, 60 mil, and just keep it there. That's the way I look at it. Because the days of your shit talking and being able to back it up is is beyond over. I remember seeing some stat. I forgot where I saw it from. And it said that Conor McGregor lost now three of his last four fights. At this point, it's like, okay, time for you to take a step back. If we're being honest, it's, it's, it's time for you to take a step back. Now, I think Dustin is going to be in the championship fight now. I think. I don't know. I'm not too sure on that. That's what I was reading online. We'll see within the next, I don't know, three months-ish what will happen then. 
Because I'm pretty sure there's going to be talks about a part four. But I think it's going to be one. Do people really want to see? At this point, it'll be like a 33, 34. Let's say there'll be close to 35 by that time. Because Connor still got to heal from his injury. And then seeing them fight again. Like, does anybody want to see them fight again when they're older? That's going to be the, the real question. And then the second question after that is going to be, okay, how much money can we bring in? Because if you can't bring enough, then I don't think the fight is going to be really that um, really that interesting being honest because I don't think people want to see Conor McGregor anymore I really don't I don't, I don't think people want to see Conor McGregor in a big fight that is I don't think people want to see him in a big fight anymore like I said maybe some undercard maybe some celebrity boxing you know, something to throw his name out there, but other than that, I, I honestly I think that's it. This is really it for him. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is Shakari Richardson and the Olympic situation. Now, I did have an episode pre-recorded. Before I heard about the updated news on her situation. But now since it came out that she's not going to be part of the Olympic team. Uh, now I could go a little more in depth into it. Now, she failed a drug test for marijuana. As arguing both sides of it, I understand you grieve how you want to grieve. You're 21 years old. You're a grown woman. You have the right to do whatever you want. How, well, grieve however you want to grieve. But at the same time, you're with the you're trying out for the Olympics, and you know the Olympics are strict about their drug tests and how they test for people. Rules are the rules. If, if we're being honest, rules are the rules. Now, yes, it sucks, and yes, weed has become more socially acceptable and even used in some of our products now. But the rules are the rules. Like, if they said... No marijuana clearly is, is no marijuana. Now, you can say, well, there's Olympic athletes that use performance-enhancing drugs all the time. Cool, you can have that argument. And then, of course, there's people, well, not people, but athletes that find their way around it. Cool, but once again, the rules are the rules, and 
Shikari just so happened to get busted, unfortunately. You knew the risk that you was putting yourself in. Well, not putting yourself in, but you knew the risk and you knew about the consequences that would happen beyond, after the risk. So she did take accountability for it. Which shows emotional maturity. You know, she understood that she fucked up. And of course it sucks that she won't be in the Olympics, but it is what it is. Now, the Brianna McNeil, I think that's her name, McNeil situation is even crazier. Because you got a five-year ban for missing your second your second drug test. And now the first one, I think she missed the first one and got a year for it. This one, she claims she got an abortion and then she missed her drug test. But then also looking through some more articles, it was saying that she was trying to, and that's Brianna that is, she was trying to change some dates on some documents to justify her shit. And that's when the Olympics was like, nah, we ain't buying, we ain't going for that. So, ban for you for five years. And she's 29. So just think, when the ban is over, she'll be 34. By that time, the Olympics would have already, at least the women's Olympic team, would have already had new faces, fresh blood. And you would be just an afterthought. That's that's just how it is, and uh, you can argue the flip side of it of okay Olympics. You're gonna fucking do a random drug test a couple of days after she broke the women's world record. Then you just then you also knew that her mom's passed away as well. So then you just decide, hey, let's do a drug test on it. Because there's no way that she's this fast. Even though she has a proven resume that she, she is quite this fast. Especially in her days back at LSU. Like, she, she has that track. She has that record. But yet, you allow transgenders to be in the women's Olympics. Like, tell me how does that make sense of, okay, I'm going to ban you for missing a drug test, but I'm going to allow a male with female body parts and who takes female medicine to compete in female competition. Who we all know is going to smoke everybody that they go against. Like, how does that make sense? And tell me that. I, if I was the Olympics, I would have just created a whole different... Um, a whole different niche for him. 
if we're being honest, I, you know, men's, women's, trans. And let them have their own, still have them compete in competition, in the same competition and everything. If we're being honest, you get more people that way. And not only that, history would be made as well. And honestly, that's a more level competition right there. If we think about it, that's, that's honestly, in my opinion, the best way to even a playing field for everybody. Is to put them, have their own little section. And then have their own, you know, gold medal and silver. There's men's track and field, women's track and field, transgender's track and field. There's men's boxing, there's women's boxing, there's transgender boxing. You know, just keep it right there. Keep it right there. Now, the argument against it is, of course, is acceptance. And I'm all in for acceptance. But like I said, that's just an uneven playing field. Because I think there was a transgender that fought in a women's UFC fight against a woman, a natural born woman, and beat the fuck out of her. I forgot the fucking name, but yeah, just beat the living shit out of her. And that's like, that's not fair. That is completely not fair. So I would like to say, I create a, a, a whole different section just for them. Now, if you made it this far, I truly appreciate it. Y'all follow me on Instagram at the underscore coffee underscore shop with two P's. Y'all make sure y'all follow me on, not Instagram, but also Twitter as well at the coffee shop pod. I'll be talking my shit on there and I'll give my two cents on what's going on throughout the game and whatever little sporting event is going on as well. Make sure y'all like, comment, and subscribe on all social media platforms. Make sure you do that as well on all streaming platforms as well. Once again, my name is Folgers and I am out!